Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back talking about who's coming uh, who's coming back to the Steelers next year. My name is Michael Beck, the editor behind SteelCurtain.com, joined as always by the fabulous Jeffrey Benedict. We're talking about the defensive side. Sir, it's also all about compliments now. We've got to build each other up after that, uh, that terrible <laughs> playoff performance. That's what yeah. it comes down to, Jeffrey. But uh, defensive side, before we even talk about any of the players, should the Steelers invest even like a single draft pick into the, into this defense? They're full of draft picks as it is. Should the Steelers, like, is it time for them to focus completely uh, on offense when it comes to drafting guys? I don't think you see a first round pick unless unless all the offensive linemen are gone, then I, I could see it. Uh, probably a few. You're going to have some defensive backs you got to replace you know, this year, at least one next year, some more, uh, they're pretty, they're in pretty good shape. You probably need another outside linebacker, you know, just for your number three. Uh, but other than that, mostly offense, but I think you'll see, you'll see more balance than a lot of people would like. I know we all, we all tend to do that. Like, Oh, the offense needs work. So just draft 10 players on offense and trade back and get all the, and maybe some of them are good. Uh, but that's not how the Steelers ever work no matter how much we want them to like so they'll they'll get a good balance but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of holes on defense uh, speaking of big holes Bud Dupree that's that's a massive one to try to to fill uh if he goes but of course coming off the ACL uh he might be worth a little bit more uh or a little bit less uh which might benefit the Steelers he's someone you look at his sack totals and how he's developed and you watch the film and how he wrecks a game, how he's a game changer. 
it would really suck if the Steelers lost this guy. Is there any world where he is uh, back in the black and gold next year? I don't think there is. And this is the sad thing. This is the sad thing. You know this. I'm a huge Bud Dupree fan. Anyone who knows me from behind the steel curtain, I have been a Bud Dupree apologist when he was, you know, considered a bust. I have been like, no, he's actually better than you think. It just doesn't show up in stats. Um, let me just, let me just, in honor of Bud Dupree, let me give you some numbers here. All right. Weeks one through 12, the weeks Bud Dupree played. Are you ready for this? Steelers had 41 sacks, almost four a game. They averaged almost four a game, 3.73 a game. Seven of their first 11 games were under 100 yards rushing allowed. That's over 60% of the games. 16 interceptions in 11 games. That's 1.45 interceptions per game. And they had a 71.5 passer rating against. Since Bud Dupree was injured and was no longer on the field. And I'm an Alex Highsmith fan. I think he's good. We're going to get into him. Uh, but... They had 15 sacks in those games. That's 2.5 per game. Over a sack per game lost once Bud Dupree went out. They had one of six games with under 100 yards rushing allowed. They allowed rush, uh, 100 yards rushing in over 80% of their games when before then it was 35% of their games. They had two interceptions in six games. That's a one interception every three games instead of one and a half interceptions per game average. And they had a 92.9 passer rating against. Bud Dupree makes a huge difference on the field, much bigger than just his stats. He is a phenomenal player. He is the guy who buys into team first stats second. He is that guy. And whoever signs him, granted, it needs to be a team that runs a 3-4 and ideally has a pass rusher at the other spot, a young stud pass rusher at the other spot that you're just like, we want to turn that guy loose, and we need the other side to be held down really well. Bud Dupree's your dude. Before he was getting sacks, he was keeping quarterbacks in the pocket. He was limiting rushing yards. He was limiting passing, short screen passes on his side. The dude is an absolute game wrecker who in the last two years has learned how to turn just being from a guy who creates havoc to a guy who can finish a play. So for me, Bud Dupree is my favorite stealer. And this is it. That was like week, that awful game against the Ravens was the last, that awful win against the Ravens uh, was his last time in a Steelers jersey. And that breaks my heart. And uh, I love you, Bud Dupree. And you're going to tear up the league wherever he goes. He's going to do it. And, uh, I'm sad he's gone. I'm, I'm like, de it's depressing. That's the most depressing thing about this season. So, yeah, go say what you want to say. I'm going to sit here and vote for <laughs> a bit. A minute. I, I thought I'd make you smile with that uh, new stat geek comment. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Bud Dupree meant so much. When he got hurt, the locker room after that Ravens game, everyone was, like, down. Everyone was like, oh, man, season's over. That That's really how it felt, and that's what happened. Like, that's when you happened. hear the interview, it's like, how could the Steelers not bring this guy back? Like, they yeah. need to they need to find the money to bring him back. He means too much to this team. If, not you can, to bring back. if they bring him back, I'm gonna be like freaking out. Like I'm gonna be drunk for a week. I don't I don't even know. Like <laughs> it's gonna be crazy for me. If they are find a way, like no, see, I'm getting my hopes up right now. I'm getting excited. No, he's gone. He is, he's just gone, people. 
if he comes back, we would have the best three. We'd have the best. Oh, we'd be so good with Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith's legit. But let's let's move to Alex Highsmith. Let's move to Alex Highsmith really quick because this is why Bud Dupree is gone. The reason Bud Dupree is gone is because Alex Highsmith is legit. Alex Highsmith is legit. He was a rookie this year. There was a lot of drop off. He did not work well with Cameron Hayward when they moved him to the other side. He didn't work well with Steve Stefan to it. He just doesn't have experience with those guys. But by himself, his individual talent, he is a really good player. He can do the things Bud Dupree gave them. He's just not at Bud Dupree's level, especially right now. He's not quite the athlete Bud Dupree is. He doesn't give you that. Um, quarterbacks are going to escape the pocket more. We're going to have to deal with that again. You know, when Bud Dupree came in, the Steelers stopped giving up yards to quarterbacks scrambling. It just stopped happening. Uh, that play against Miami in the playoffs will continue to be one of my favorite plays ever where their quarterback's like, I can just run out of the pocket. Bud Dupree's like, no. Oh, you run out of the pocket. I'm going to run you out of the game. And it's like it's like quarterbacks, you, you see it, like they just don't leave the pocket because Bud Dupree's there. And he's like, come on. Come on out here. Come on, guys. Come on. And they're just like, no, it's okay. Cam Hayward can fall on me. That's fine. I'm not leaving this pocket and having Bud Dupree like send me into next week. And that's, mm, as a Steeler fan, you got to love that. You got to just love that. So, uh, but Alex Highsmith's the real deal. You have to let Bud Dupree go simply for the fact that where are the snaps? Like, you can't play these guys 60% of the snaps. You can't play TJ Watt 60%. You can't play Bud Dupree 60%, and you can't play Alex Highsmith 60%. You can't do it. They're all too good. Bud Dupree has to go. And that's awful. It's sad, but that's what happens when you draft an Alex Highsmith. You let Bud do that's why you drafted Alex Highsmith. He has lived up to his expectations more. Bud Dupree's gone. Let's move on. No, one more one more question. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no. In You're hindsight. In hindsight, would you have given the Cam Hayward deal to Cam Hayward before the season started, or would you let Cam walk this offseason in order to keep Bud Dupree in the black and gold? Oh, see, now you're going to you, – you, uh, Cam. Still Cam. Cam Hayward. Cameron Hayward is – he is the heart and soul of that defense. You look at him after that playoff loss, when he came out there and talked about how the defense failed, that man – is a stealer. You know what I'm saying? That man gets it. And he is the exact guy you want leading this locker room. Uh my favorite the best interview show on 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 uh in the world is Bud Dupree's show Bud Brought a Buddy. Bud you look at his buddy. interview with uh Cam Hayward, it's phenomenal how he ribs Cam. I love that video. I, I watch that periodically, it's the best. Um you know what? Yeah, you got to go Cam Hayward. But wherever Bud Dupree goes, Bud, I salute you. You're still my favorite Steeler until you the day you leave. You're my favorite Steeler. You're going to be one of my favorite Steelers of all time. And uh, wherever you go, tear the league up, and please don't go in the AFC North. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of that Cam Hayward being a huge leader thing, the, that's what the offense needs out of one of its skill players. And Absolutely. I, you know what? If anyone could be that, like that's a rookie. Uh, I've watched Najee Harris speak a lot in press conferences. He is a good dude. He seems like he's a passionate dude. And if, if he can be what Hayward is to the defense as a leader, then I'd be all for drafting him in the first round. Like You know who, you know who was Cameron Hayward on offense? Jerome Bettis. Absolutely. 
the team changed. Bettis, man, and the team just rallied behind him. That was it was crazy how much he was loved. If you could find that, that's worth the first round pick if it's a running back. That's worth Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. If Najee Harris, if you if the if the Steelers think he's that dude, no brainer. Yeah. And you, 24. He I don't think it's the combine that would get him picked. It's what he does in the interviews with the yeah. team is, is what would make him pick by the Steelers at 24. Mm-hmm. If he's that good of a leader, who knows if he even lasts to 24, uh, it's going to be one of the, one of the things to watch. And at us as non insider types, uh, obviously we know a ton about this team, but not in the day-to-day operations. No, no one's ever really going to know until years later when guys are retired and write their own books sort of thing. Yeah. I don't get good film on Najee Harris. Broadcast angles are terrible for evaluating people. I don't get uh, the all 22. I don't get that uh, with college guys. So I can't really break him down. But if if he's a Nick Chubb, if he's a Nick Chubb, for me, that's a no-brainer. Take him in the first round because Nick Chubb would have had over 1,000 yards on this Steelers team. And the offense would have been subs- – on this year, this Steelers team with the injuries, the offense they ran, Nick Chubb would have gained 1,000 yards on this team. That's just – he has that level of vision, Connor and Snell, just beyond what Connor and Snell can do. He's just that much better. If he's a Nick Chubb talent-wise and he gives that kind of interviews, yeah, go for it. And you know what? He's uh, He is the vision guy, so I, I can definitely see that. He's a, yeah. he's a big time – he's the whole. But moving back to the defense. <laughs> back to the – yeah, they're like uh, it's so it's so much fun to talk about the offense, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, middle linebacker is going to be really interesting. Of course, Robert Spillane's an RFA. Uh, I, I think we can both just guarantee he's coming back if the Steelers want one hundred percent. If they don't are if they if, if they somehow did that, you'd be like, who is taking charge of the Steelers and why are why do they love the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, on. On the same note, though, of course, Devin Bush is going to be get going to be coming back. That changed the defense completely. Way better instantly with him back on the field. There's there's two guys that are really interesting. Vince Williams, who's under contract, uh, he he could be a guy that could earn the Steelers some money back by cutting him. He's definitely like a heart and soul type. But is is he the linebacker for the modern NFL? Uh, I'll leave that to you. But the other guy, Avery Williamson, who they traded for, he's still the the bulk tackler. Yeah, he's the guy that that just gets guys down. I, I think a pairing between Avery Williamson and Devin Bush would be one of the premier inside duos in the league. So I'm I'm curious your thought. If it came down to being able to bring Williamson back, and if that meant cutting Vince Williams, and say that saved you a million bucks, would you do that? Is that something you'd be interested in, or is this Vince, Vince Williams uh, uh, linebacking group no matter what? Yeah, I'm going Vince. I'm a Vince fan. Uh, let me let me get you some stats on Devin Bush here because people people think about about Vince Williams um, from what they most recently saw, which was him getting exposed in coverage a lot. But let me get you some numbers here. Vince Williams in the first six weeks, five games played, right? Two sacks, ten tackles for a loss, and three QB hits in five games. That's on pace for like six and a half sacks, 30 tackles for a loss. Like, are you kidding me? He was like at the front of the league at that point. After Devin Bush left, right? After he was gone, Vince Williams had one sack, four tackles for a loss, and one QB hit in 10 games. 10 games. 
That's the different dev- difference Devin Bush makes to this defense. Early in the season, people were like, Devin Bush, he keeps getting beaten coverage. He's in all these crazy assignments. What are the Steelers doing with him? And by the way, Vince Williams is the best linebacker in the NFL. <laughs> and then Devin Bush is gone. Vince Williams has <clears throat> to actually play like in coverage and things. And they're like, ooh, Vince, ouch. Devin Bush is going to be back. And if he plays a full season, Vince Williams is – as much as like you, you say Avery Williamson would really let Avery Williamson would let Devin Bush be the playmaker Devin Bush was as a rookie. Devin Bush, who he is now, who he was in his second season, is better than that guy, better than he was in his rookie season. And he let Vince Williams be that playmaker. His speed to the ball, his ability and coverage is ridiculous. The stuff they were doing with him. We talk about like the, the defense ended up getting pretty boring and vanilla and predictable at the end and teams were able to solve it. What they were doing in the first five weeks, like people didn't understand what they were doing. They're like, what are they doing with, with Devin Bush? And when you look at it, they're really like, he, like Mike Tomlin's drawing like Derek Brooks types of stuff from Tampa Bay. He's doing that kind of stuff. Devin Bush was playing like Derek Brooks level NFL football as a second year player in the NFL and Vince Williams. And I'm also going to add in Mike Hilton also had phenomenal early stats. He obviously was injured, came back from injury, didn't do the same thing, but he was also phenomenal while Devin Bush was there. Devin Bush is going to be in coverage. He's going to be that dude. And you are going to see Vince go off again. If Devin Bush is, is healthy and back and, and who he was in his second year. So I'm going Vince Williams, absolutely 100%. Okay. Now, before we get to any of the backups on any of the linebackers, we got uh, we got uh, some other positions we should burn through first. Uh, most notably, uh, the two corner spots, the two starting corner spots, those are the guys that the Steelers could potentially cut and save a decent chunk of money if that's the route they go. But on the flip side, I, I think the Steelers Steelers fans know, Steelers fans at least know, that the Steelers cannot draft a corner worth the crap. They, they cannot do it for whatever reason. I, I think the best corner they ever drafted was Ike Taylor. And was Ike Taylor like this amazing Hall of Fame corner? No, I don't, I don't even know if he ever made a Pro Bowl, actually. Like, it, it's one of the things. It's like, this team the way they built their cornerback room right now was smart by just doing it through free agency. Could the Steelers be bold enough to cut either of these corners? Like are both Hayden and Nelson coming back for sure next year because of their inability to find other guys? With as we talked about drafting cornerbacks, I'm going to bring up one of my favorite little tidbits of information. Sorry to hijack the show for the umpteenth time. Uh, but the best Steelers defensive back drafts were when Dick LeBeau was gone. This is the craziest thing. Dick LeBeau left the Steelers to go be the head coach of the Bengals, right? He left. He came back in 2004. He left in like 1996. In that span of time, the Steelers drafted Ike Taylor, Troy Polamalu, Chris Hope, and Chad Scott. The best defensive back they've drafted since then. You ready for this? William Gay. That's it. Like, like... In, in a short span of time, they drafted all these guys, and then boom, they couldn't draft again. While Dick LeBeau was here the first time, their best def- – while he was defensive backs coach or the defensive coordinator, the first time their best defensive back they picked was Willie Williams, undersized guy drafted in the fifth round. Their best sense, William Gay, fifth-round draft pick, undersized guy. That, that short little gap in between, they were very good. Steelers should never draft a cornerback again. Look at Justin Lane. 
I, I know, I know he's got a thing with us already, but Justin Lane, I'm sorry you ain't that dude. You're just not that dude. James Pierre took your job. Uh, so yeah, don't draft anybody. Don't sign them free agents. Uh, for me, Nelson and Hayden, when they're gone, this defense sucks. Like when they are both gone, this defense is terrible. When one of them is gone, it's not as good. Hayden, Nelson, last people I would cut. I would cut everyone on offense. I, I'd cut Vince Williams. I'd cut I would cut Cam. No, not Cam Hayward. I'd cut uh to it before I would cut Hayden or Nelson. Find a way to make it up. Don't get those two guys gone. And and frankly, a lot of the arguments you see where you would let one of those guys go, you're saving that money only to spend it to sign Sutton or Hilton, who are not at that level. They are not a Hayden. They are not a Nelson. And Joe Hayden, look, he's not who he was when he was younger, but he, every game he's gone, this team just gets exposed on the right side in pass coverage. Absolutely gets exposed every single game Hayden is out. Hayden is still that dude. So for me, those two have to stay. Do you think either of those two could be getting an extension? Because I believe they're both entering the last year deal to to save some money. Uh, I'd extend Hayden. I'd extend him a couple of years. Nelson, more questionable. It it depends on if you can replace him. Uh, Hayden, his fit in this defense is perfect. Like when I when I broke down film on how this defense evolved last season, they put so much on Joe Hayden with a, with one qualification. Joe Hayden has one qualification to his game, and that is he either covers deep or he covers short, and that's it. That's the only qualification you have. If you give him that, like Joe Hayden, your job on this one is to cover deep, he's phenomenal. If you're like Joe Hayden, your job on this time is to cover the short areas, he's incredible. If you're like Joe Hayden, lock down this guy no matter what route he runs he can get beat because he's just his speed isn't there right he's not as fast as he was when he's younger and that's it if you give him that one thing he is phenomenal if you give him just part of the field to cover locks it down love joe hayden he's a playmaker gotta stay yeah i agree i completely if they cut him i would be pretty upset by that that would be a, a sad day in my household i will not lie but uh moving on to more corners here uh, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton. It really feels like they're going to come down to one of those guys. And going back to that Jerry Dulac uh, report that I've been talking about a little bit today, he said between the two, he said it's not Hilton who'd be coming back, which was a little surprising to me. Uh, but that, that's the Steelers insider guy. I'm curious to know your thoughts between those two. Who would you bring back? Would you bring back either? Would you bring back both? Like, what are you thinking there? Hmm. That is interesting that he said Sutton over Hilton because like Mike Hilton is Mike Tomlin football. Mike Hilton plays Mike Tomlin football. He is exactly Mike Tomlin's dude. Like that is Mike Tomlin's definition of a defensive back. Um, and I, I'm a big fan. If they lose Mike Hilton, who's taking that role? Who's blitzing? They don't have another defensive back who can blitz. Terrell Edmonds can't blitz like Mike Hilton can. Uh, Mike Hilton was a beast early in the season before his injury. And there's your qualification. If he's not 100%, if they're looking at him after that injury and be like, Mike Hilton's not Mike Hilton anymore. He's not going to be that dude. 
he's going to be a bit slower. He's going to be a bit less, and it's just not going to work out. Then you got to go Sutton. Uh, for me, Mike Hilton in that slot blitzer role, which has become a very valuable commodity in the current NFL, especially with the, a lot of the motion we use, a lot of the outside plays, jet, jet sweeps, stuff like that. A guy like Mike Hilton is a really important piece to have on your team. I don't know if maybe that maybe the idea is he's just going to fetch too much and there's no way we can pay him and Cameron Sutton's going to be cheap because who's going to pay Cameron Sutton to be a starter? They're not. You know, he's not that dude. He's not a starter. He's a great backup. He's a great rotational guy. Uh, I'd love to have them both back. Last year I said they're the top. We have the best top four. Uh, James Pierre makes one expendable. And to me, that could be either of them. That could be either of them. Uh, but I will warn you, if, if it's Sutton, if it's Sutton that comes back, he is not going to overtake Mike Hilton's role in the nickel. They're going to have to redesign the nickel defense if they do that. If he's your number three corner, your nickel defense isn't what it was. And it's not going to be as good because Sutton cannot blitz. He's terrible at it. He's absolutely terrible at it. In run support, he's not good. He's passable. He's not good. He can make tackles. Yeah, he can do stuff at times. But he's no Mike Hilton. He doesn't read the run lanes. He doesn't read it like Mike Hilton does. He does. He just doesn't. Cameron Sutton cannot be that dude. He's a great deep coverage guy. He's kind of that that jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, and if he does have a strength, it is just straight following guys deep. Even even like if he replaces, if he replaces, to me, he he is the guy that would let you let Nelson go. Because he can be that guy. He can be Steven Nelson. He can't be Joe Hayden. When Nelson's out, Cameron Sutton can fill that role. When Joe Hayden's out and Cameron Sutton goes in, the right side of that pass defense gets exposed. Because he can't do what Hayden does. Uh, so for me, well, I guess I'm backtracking a bit. I'm saying you could see Sutton brought back and Nelson let go. That would be an option for the Steelers. Uh, but I don't think that will happen. Uh Whoever they keep, it's going to change things because you losing Hilton hurts, but losing Sutton hurts too. I don't know. That's that's a hard one for me. I go back and forth on it constantly. Yeah, that's that's going to be one of the things. So I, I don't think anyone blitzes in the NFL like Mike Mike Hilton does. I think he, if you said who's the best blitzing defensive back, Mike Hilton. Like yeah, I, yeah, I can't think of like, anyone. That can I think in 2019, Logan Ryan was close to that. And he wasn't this. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't he in played, New York. They used him differently. Uh, so moving on, uh, we got a little bit of time left. So let, let's hit up uh, a couple other backups before we look at a little bit of special teams. But uh, when it comes to those outside linebacker spots, um, like it could be the, the four spot, could be the fifth spot. Uh, Olison Kame, uh, Adeni, or uh, Cassius Marsh. Olison Kame Adeniyi. Okay. I learned how to say his name, so I say every chance I get. I thought it was just a Denny. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Ola Sunkanmi Adeniyi. The only pause I take on this is Adeniyi was number two in special teams. Snaps. Number two on the team behind only Jordan Dangerfield, who, by the way, is also a free agent. Uh, so it's another year where your top special teams guys are free agents, which is like last season. Uh, I could see Ola brought back because of that if he's cheap, but he was nothing on defense. Like he played a lot of snaps and he did nothing. Great dude. Like he gives good effort. He just, mm, he's not that guy. He's a college 
defensive end. He is not an outside linebacker, but he's he's reliable on special teams. Cassius Marsh, I like him better on the field than than Adeniyi. I like him better on the field. Uh, so for me, I would bring back Marsh of those two, uh, which which again leaves you in another lurch with special teams because Adeniyi was solid there. And J. Ron Elliott, right? He's he's gone again, but I mean, you assume he won't be back. But then last year he was back, and like who knows? He's he's that guy that the Seahawks can just be like, "Hey, J. Ron, you're you're playing. You want to play football again?" And he's like, "Sure." Yeah, he's just kind of the person you call, and there's no one else uh, left to uh, play for you. What it kind of feels like. But just flipping over the special teams as we round out our podcast here, um, Chris Boswell, someone that the Steelers could restructure, even save a million bucks in the cap. Jordan Berry, he he had probably the best year of his career in 2020. Are both those guys destined to come back? I hope Jordan Berry's back. I, I you know, I like having an Australian on the team. I like that. Uh, it's just kind of nice. It's kind of nice. We could find another one. Steelers. When was the last time the Steelers had a good punter? I mean, for goodness sakes, we drafted Daniel Sepulveda and he didn't work out. Um, yeah. That dude was that dude was my draft crush. The Steelers grab him. He had these incredible hang times, and then he just gets hurt and can't do whatever again. It was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Jordan Berry's a punter. I don't care if he comes back. <laughs> I tell you what, there's another punter that could be drafted crazy high. The kid from Miami. I can't remember his name, but it could be a punter that goes in like the first three rounds again. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, sure, that'd be fun. I hope. I mean, if your team's really bad, maybe he brings you value. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. But uh, looks like we're at the top of the clock, Jeffrey. So I, I think it's time to sign well, out. But uh, we got, we got one more. We got one more guy. We got to cover. Who, who's that who one? Guy? We didn't get to the defensive line. Oh, who'd I miss? Tyson Alualu. Tyson Alualu. We got to cover him real quick. Go for it. Tyson Alualu. I think he's gone. Uh, but I would love for him to be back. I mean, like, he's that guy. He's He has been so good in that role. He's not going to give you a ton of snaps. When he has to play a ton of snaps, he's not that great. Uh, but when you limit his snaps and he likes to come in and just wreck people's face, he comes in and wrecks people's face. Uh, and I love that. I love that about him. So I hope he – I'd love to see him come back, but meh. You can, you know also, what? You can also move on. With him, though, it, one of the things, like, it would bug me if uh, if I was an NFL player. He's one tackle away from 400 in his career. That yeah. would just bug me. He'd be at 399 and just be like, yeah, I'm done, whatever. That means nothing to me. Yeah, bring him back. That would bug me, so, like, substantially. It'd be like, mm, no, I'm going to come back for one Plus, year. He was, he was the second oldest player on the team behind Ben. Exactly. How cool was that? Like, let's go with it. <laughs> one one more year for Tyson Allen. I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, as as we get to the end of our show, is there anything else you uh, you want to plug and uh, throw out there? Uh, my new film room series that I'm going to take to get me through the draft. I, I look through it and I'm going to re go through. I, I think it's a great thing. I don't know. I don't know if people will latch onto it, but I'm going to go through the entire season one week at a time. Uh, tomorrow is week one. I'm going to pick a player maybe two, depending on if they play right next to each other, uh, and and kind of look at the Steelers, what they did right, what they need to do looking forward to next season. And for game one, New York Giants, week one of the, of the 2020 season, I go back, look at Benny Snell's only 100-yard game of his career so far, uh, why he got there, and what we can take into next season. It's really good. 
Uh, it's, it's largely about the offensive line because, yeah, Benny Snell doesn't just get 100 yards. It's the offensive line. So that's a great, that's a great one to look for. Uh, and I'm going to continue that series with week two, the week after. So each week is going to go. We're going to go for uh, 17 weeks on that. It'll be fun. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Um, for myself, uh, make sure to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, tomorrow I should have an article up on uh, Trey Lance and why uh, that fit, that that mock draft that CBS uh, threw out there in the universe. It might be possible, might might not be, but you should read my story and, and find out the way I, I feel about it. But uh, just make sure you're clicking over, doing that, listening to the entire family of podcasts from Behind the Steel Curtain. we got tons of content, tons of content, more than anyone else, I guarantee it. When it comes to your Pittsburgh Steelers, make sure you're clicking over, uh, listen to all, all our stuff, great stuff every single day. Some po- some podcast stuff only, uh, some YouTube stuff, stuff everywhere. Just make sure you're checking out the website, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was the first edition of The Curtain Call, the latest podcast of the Behind the Steel Curtain family. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to tell a friend and uh, come back next week. We'll, we'll have more fun all the way uh, up until next season, until I guess we got to know some more enemies. But until then, my name is Michael Beck and for Jeffrey Benedict, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you soon. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.